psychic will tell you. Otherworldly phenomena come in myriad forms and at the most unexpected moments. How can a child choose between what is commonplace and what is not when, for a child, every experience is new and extraordinary? For as long as I can remember, all I ever wanted to do was explore. Until I mastered the art of reading and even of sitting still long enough to listen to a story, all my adventures took place in the great outdoors on our estates. My father had several, and we moved from one to the other at the right season, as was the custom of the socially ambitious. I adored the creatures of nature, the unusual creatures tending the land, and the others that fed and lived off the land. Most people thought the former were but characters in fables, because when I spoke of them to the adults, I received vague smiles and a pat on the head. I later discovered that my mother, assuming Nanny Beat to be filling my head with fairy tales, had often spoken sharply to her on this subject. Nanny never let on that the true source of my inspiration was my own perception. I was aware that a large number of disembodied spirits dwelt on our estates, both in the manor houses and in their grounds. I chose to ignore them as they were, in the main, bitter spirits and not very good company. I could easily discern the dead, as shades lacked the colourful light body at the core of every living thing. Shades is a term I came to use later in life when referring to the majority of ghosts, as they are merely shadows of their former souls, the unwanted and unneeded rubbish left behind by the spirit after it has ascended to higher places. Shades is indeed the more appropriate name for these forms. During my formative years, I learned how to more accurately read the colours people emitted via their light body, but certain assumptions came naturally while I was still a youngster, like stay away from people sporting big muddy patches, and only approach father when his light body is expanded, as this meant he was in a good mood. When an individual was generating ample amounts of energy from the light centres of their subtle form, the light body would grow in size. It would become less dense and more light-filled. The light body would reach out to feed, nurture and exchange energy with any living thing that it came into contact with, via its expanded form. But when an individual had been sucked dry of life energy, the light body would retract close to the body to form a kind of shield, until the energy levels were replenished and it could again contribute to the world around it. It had not escaped my parents' notice that I had an uncanny knack for finding lost items and that I could predict events such as the weather, unexpected guests and so forth. This aspect of my nature was widely accepted by everyone at the house and it was praised by my parents, as it seemed harmless. Until the summer of 1825 which was just prior to my eighth birthday. Part 1. Ashley. 19th century England. Lesson 1. Childhood. From the Childhood Journals of Miss Ashley Granville. 
The visiting Earl of Derby, Lord Cavendish, who had attended Oxford University with my father, was staying at our estate en route home to Derby from Europe. His wife, Lady Cavendish, the Countess of Derby, accompanied him. They had arrived in the afternoon, and yet, come evening, our guests had not relaxed. Lord Cavendish had lost from his pocket his father's dying gift to him, a fob watch. The Lord was beside himself trying to figure where the watch could have gone, or if and when it could have been stolen. Silently annoyed to have his important nationalist discussions constantly derailed by his associates' concerns, Father sent up to the nursery for me. "'It's like a sixth sense with her,' I heard Father say as I approached down the hall, and the jovial tone in which he spoke made me proud. It was rare he spoke of me at all, let alone to boast about my unusual talents. "'As this additional sense of my daughter's is rather extraordinary.'